Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Troy Dooley, the host of RealMentorsRadio.com. We are finishing up Chris Widener's book, Living the Life You've Always Dreamed Of. He is on his way to Miami to enjoy the 2110 convention this weekend, and then they're going on a fabulous cruise. He'll be down there with my good friends, Lisa Eminez and the Chief Visionary Officer, Richard Brooks. And I tell you what, these guys, if you don't know about 2110 and what has really attracted some of the greatest leaders currently inside of the network marketing and the training professions, you need to go check it out. You can go to 2110.com. Great company, great product, Life Shots, changed my mom's daily routines. Uh, I take it daily. I don't, well, I do miss some days, but my goal is never to miss a day with Life Shots. It is truly one of those products that has science behind it. I feel privileged that, that Richard and 2110 OxyFresh uh, send me their products as, as, as literally sponsors of our shows and what we do on the Internet. I am privileged to have them send me products. I think it's awesome, and I don't. We only we only allow sponsors of products that we like. Uh, there's a lot of companies that we report on that we do not endorse their products. We don't use their products. It's not something I want my family on. But there are certain products that we truly enjoy, and this just happens to be one of them. I was so excited when I found out Chris went to work with that company and is building an organization. We today we're in ten. This is the principle number 10, attitude is king. And listen, I don't care what your background, I don't care what it is you do for a living, attitude is the key. I hated it growing up. My dad, more than anybody, your attitude sucks, you know. And I mean, it's like, tag gum, dude, this is nuts. And a lot of times it wasn't my attitude. A lot of times it was his attitude or my mom's attitude or somebody at work's attitude or my little brother's attitude. But it was always an attitude, Somebody's attitude was screwing up the day. Dennis Waitley, another great trainer, one of my first mentors, wrote this. Life is the movie you see through your own eyes. It makes little difference what happens out there. It's how you take it that counts. See, we don't get to control the circumstances in life. But there's five attitudes that if we will master these attitudes, we can start directing the outcome of our personal lives. I think if, you are a, if you're a Bible reader, really any book in history, if you read about historical people, forget the, the, the spiritual pretense of it right now. Just think for a second about the historical leaders that you have read about it's their attitudes that make the difference. That's the way it works. See, if you look at George Washington, why in the Sam Hill would he would he lead a ragtag army of volunteers? I mean, here's the great British Empire coming down on the 13 ragtag colonies. It was his attitude. Why would Ben Franklin risk his life going back to Great Britain as a, as a, a liaison? as a dignitary for these colonies, if it wasn't for his attitude. Think about this for a second. I mean, attitude plays the role. Here's the five attitudes. One, attitude is much of your world. It is your world. 
What you see, how you think, the way you perceive, it's all you. Number two, your attitude is the one that you choose. There's a lot of things we don't get to choose in life. Our attitude, though, is one of them. We can either let it make us sore or not. I use a lot of, of biblical reference because I am a a biblical nut. I just love the Bible. Don't understand the majority of it. That's why I keep reading it. It's like a live book. But something that's always impressed me was Peter's attitude in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had been praying. All the disciples had gone to sleep. Jesus is stressed out. I mean, his attitude alone is, is an amazing. We could get into that someday. I might, I might do a whole new deal on that. But here's Peter. He wakes up. Jesus is there. The bad guys are coming to get Jesus, and Peter doesn't even think. He has just got one bad attitude. Out comes his knife, and he goes for, I think, the throat of the leader and cuts off his ear instead. And then Jesus says, chill out, dude. For too long, you're probably going to deny me anyway. It's amazing as I study some of this. Attitude. Number three, our experiences is a direct result of our attitude. Not our circumstances, our experience. How we experience something. Interesting. See, when you start thinking about these, then you start to get into the attitudes that we should have. And I'm sure there's more than five. I'm sure there's six, seven, eight, ten, but here's five. Number one, if I never, ever thank my mom for anything else, this is the one thing that she taught me because she had some salesman came knocking on the door and she bought these books that were supposed to be cool to read to your kids to give them some great education at home, and she would read this story to me on a regular basis. Knock out the T. And Chris says the first attitude you should have is, I can, not I can't. In our household, literally, we don't use the word, I can't. I'll try. I'll give it my best shot. I don't know. Let's, let's see what happens. But we never say, I can't. As soon as you say, I can't, you activate the brain to say, you can't do that. won't work. Nope, no way, not going to happen, yada, yada, yada. You have to have an I can attitude. I have watched my mom for at least 45 of the 48 years that I've been alive go through hell in her life. Things that you have no freaking clue about and you wouldn't be able to understand and yet she's kept that I can attitude. My dad, for the most part, although sometimes he gets this nasty, bad attitude, has had the same attitude. I can do anything. When he was younger, he literally had that attitude. Not only can I do anything, but I am the greatest. There was nothing he wouldn't try. Very few people he wouldn't go up against. If it was a principle that he believed in, Hell or high water, he was going to get it across to you. I learned that. And I learned it in a gigantic, big way. And I'm proud that my parents gave me an I can attitude. The second attitude, I will be generous. Now, I don't know where I learned that from. 
But something that I've never done is I just don't hoard things. If somebody needs something, I'm there. If somebody calls up and says, I need you, I'm there. At school, I got in the majority of my trouble being generous to people that were younger, smaller, dumber sometimes than I was. I didn't get the top grades in my class because most of the time I was doing somebody else's work so that they would pass, be able to play on the football team, or be a cheerleader. If I was in the hallway and I saw some jock messing with some kid, and we had a lot of of what we call special ed kids in our school, then I had no problem going up and just telling the dude, you want to pick on somebody, pick on me because I know how to hurt you too. And since I don't like pain, I'm probably going to hurt you faster than you're going to hurt me. But we're not going to pick on these little kids. It just didn't right. I hated that. I hate seeing women that are abused. So more than once have taken women outside of situations like that and taken them to safe homes. Worked with kids in abusive relationships. Knowing I wasn't going to get anything in return. You have to be generous. Today I work with distributors in the direct selling industry and spend hours on end working to give them all the facts and information they need to make informed decisions, never charging them a dime because I believe that's what needs to be done and nobody was there early on for me. So I want to be there for them. You have to have, I will make a difference in the lives of those around me attitude talking about distributors. I know for a fact when I stand in front of a room and start talking and people come up and say, Troy, your articles and videos help me make a decision. Fantastic. That's what I like to hear. That means we're doing what's right. When somebody hits one of my personal blogs and says, Troy, what you were training on, what you talked about changed my life, helped my wife and I in our personal relationship, allowed me to see my kids from a different angle, helped me understand my husband better excites me, lets me know I'm doing something, I'm making a difference in their lives. When my kids say things to me like, Dad, you're my best friend, I love you so much, thanks for being there for me, thanks for not judging me for my asinine attitudes, I know I'm making a difference in somebody's life. Next attitude you've got to have is, not much will make me angry. Sadly, I did not have that attitude. I grew up in a family where where at least sometimes anger seemed to be the norm. Not necessarily with my personal family, but those around it. I thrived. My my whole life up until about 23 or 24 was built on anger. My anger is what fueled my success. I'll tell you that right now. Whether I was picking somebody up and putting their butt back in jail, my success in the Marine Corps... My, my success in mergers and acquisitions, it was also the failure in the first five years of my marriage to Paige. But my anger allowed me to do things that the average individual would not do. Looking down the barrel of the gun, defying death because it just didn't mean a whole lot, is not something the average person does. Shooting at other people Hitting other people, beating other people, all in the name of justice. Don't you know? I'm not just out there doing. Was out of anger, pulling a gun, and looking a guy in the eyes, and saying, "Either get away from my car, 
or I'm going to shoot you. It's done out of anger. So when you end up getting charged with assault with a deadly weapon with the intent to kill or attempted vehicular homicide in another case, it's anger. I learned that I had to let go of the anger. When I let go of the anger, my marriage got better. My career changed. I started serving other people instead of expecting to be served. I started to realize what it meant to live by grace instead of judgment. And I started looking at other people differently. I started looking at situations differently. And today, have a successful marriage. We'll be 25 years married this, this, this year. Live on a beautiful island in the Panhandle of Florida. Have six beautiful kids, three great-grandchildren here at the house. Would not trade any of that. None of it would have taken place if I got rid of the anger. See, this is what it's all about. You have to have, I will look for the good in every situation. Attitude. I used to have a pessimistic attitude. Now, there are certain things I'm still pretty cynical about. Okay, I, I've bonded enough people out of jail that jailhouse religion is a dime a dozen. Let me see you walk. One man, one individual in my whole adult life have I seen walk out of prison, a changed individual. He passed away a couple of weekends ago. It was Mr. Chuck Colson. The hatchet man for the Nixon administration. The man that some people say gave the order for Hoffa to disappear. Went to prison protecting the commander-in-chief. Came out of prison protecting everyone else, having given his heart to Jesus Christ. And built a phenomenal organization, wrote tremendous books, and shared with the world a true conversion. Am I still cynical about jailhouse religion? Absolutely. But I do try to look at the best. Right now I'm doing a, a huge review on the on the penny auction industry. People are saying, you're ruining your reputation. It's a scam. You're, 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 you're out there, Troy, endorsing these companies. No, I'm not. I expect the good in people. So I drive and I fly and I go meet people and I listen to what they say. And because one of my gifts happens to be discernment, when I can see at the bottom of their heart, looking through their eyes exactly who they are, then I can sit back and say, you know what, I'm willing to write some articles to support the distributors that is in this niche, even though I don't understand it and I'm still concerned about it, I can at least put the facts out there with no emotions involved because I'm not involved in the companies. I expect the good. That's an attitude you have to have. Here's the deal, though. It all sounds great, and it's phenomenal sound bites, and it makes a great radio show. But let's look at it from a realistic standpoint. There are days when you get up, and life freaking sucks. Circumstances hit you, and you've got no daggum control over it. You wonder, what have you done? Well, here's what you've got to do on those days. I do this consistently. Some pastors would probably tell you, well, just read the book of Proverbs. A Proverbs a day, keep the devil away. You want to know what I do when I have one hell of a day? I pick up my Bible and I turn to the book of Job. And I start reading about Job. 
He lost it all. Lost his wife, lost his kids, lost his fortune, lost it. He was sitting in a pile of ash just because his butt had boils on it and it hurt. His friends would tell him, curse God. It's God's fault. Jump said, nah, man, it's not God's fault. I don't, you know, I, I don't know that I'm going to take credit for it either, but there's something here I'm supposed to learn. But I know it wasn't God's fault. Got to figure this thing out. What am I supposed to learn? See, he knew he didn't control the circumstances, but he did control his experience. Chris Widener writes this, instead of spending our time thinking about how bad things are, think about how good they could be. See, instead of thinking about the problem, instead of sucking all the energy from the problem, instead of becoming a codependent individual on the problem, why not start thinking about the solution? What's the solution that you can come up with? If you don't like the situation then figure out a solution. Maybe you just need to take some time out. My pastor, my pastor and I are really good friends. We're on a friendship level where I can say things to him that that you wouldn't say to most people, and he takes it and gives back to me, and, and we will debate issues and remain friends. I love those kind of relationships. Just Just adore them. He took three weeks off, went down with a guy from church that doesn't quite believe the way we do, but the guy needed somebody to help him bring his boat back after sailing around the world for a year, and Eric took three weeks, and he just got away, got some downtime to study with the Lord, to mentor this kid, kid's 15 years younger than he is, got some time away. Sometimes we just got to do that. Tony Robbins says this, goals are a means to an end, not the ultimate purpose in our lives. They are simply a tool to concentrate our focus and move us in a direction. See, when things go bad and you freak out because you can't get accomplished what you want to accomplish that day, your goals are just shot to pot, who cares? Just take some time out. Relax. Here's what you got to do. You want to focus in a down, down... This is what happens when life sucks. Keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the big picture. It doesn't matter what happens on a day-to-day basis. You keep your eye on the big picture. You know, when we were in the Marine Corps and we were studying the mission, we knew what our main objective was. And it did not matter to us if throughout the whole process of the mission we were getting bombed, shot at, detoured. It didn't matter. We just knew we weren't retreating. There was no surrender. We had the objective. And everything else was just happen chance, just going to be there, couldn't change it. We're going after the end goal. And that's what you've got to do. Second thing you've got to do, and I mentioned this earlier, you've got to focus on the solutions, not the problem. My daughter's pregnant and she's not married. I talked about this on Beachside CEO yesterday. Okay, you can't change the freaking situation now, can you? She's pregnant. So what are the solutions? Well, let's get her great medical care. Let's be willing to take care of this grandbaby whenever it comes. Let's get her focused. Let's, let's give her the support. It's, it's going to be hormonal. Let's see how little that is. See, when you focus on the solutions, I'm going to lose my job. My company's downsizing. Who cares? Go find yourself a business. What is it you thoroughly enjoy? Go get a second job real quick. Go deliver pizza. 
Focus on the solution, not the problem. Get some positive input. Listen to our radio show, if nothing else. But find some people around you that are from outside the situation. Get their perspective. And, man, if you're just surrounding yourself with dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies, don't listen to me. You know, this isn't like Cheers where you're going to be sitting at the bar drinking and crying and spilt milk. You want to get positive influences in your life. Get some CDs. Get some books. Go to church. I don't care what it is you do, but get something positive. Get some positive input so that you're getting an outside perspective in life. Tell yourself the good stuff. Too many times we just want to focus on the negative, and our brain will let us do that. You know, you, you've heard me talk about this. This is science. The brain cannot differentiate fantasy from reality. So what you feed into your brain is what it will see. And if all you do is put a bunch of dull, negative, disillusioned stuff in your brain, you're not going to see anything good, anything positive out of life. Fill your mind with positive Something good. Focus. Take control. Why would you run around in life on automatic pilot letting somebody else control your doggone thoughts? Lastly, you got to remember the circumstances are not forever. Man, I've walked through hell on earth. I've seen the fire of hell. I know the feeling of having kids in prison, grandbabies out of wedlock, an unfaithful spouse, not paid, just when I was really, really, really young, parents fighting, not my parents, but my in-laws, okay? I've seen my aunts and uncles, knife fights, gun fights, smacked upside the head. I've seen everything. I wrote bail for so many years. I've seen the worst of the worst of society. It's interesting what you can see. But then you remember circumstances are not forever. Doesn't matter if you're getting audited, doesn't matter if you've been arrested and put in jail. Doesn't matter if you caught your wife with another woman. I don't care what it is. When you sit down and look at it, circumstances do not last forever. You can always see, if you control your attitude, the outcome. Here's some questions I want you to think about. But only you can answer these. Do you have the habit of reflecting before responding? Or do you just have knee-jerk reactions? if you're not reflecting and analyzing before you respond, then you're letting your emotions control your attitude. Do you have the habit of keeping your eye on the end game, the ultimate goal? Or is your eye always on the problems that you're facing day to day? Do you focus on the solutions or do you focus on the situations, the problems? Think about that for a minute. Where is your focus? See, this is interesting to me, and as I read through the Bible again, you guys, you know, I I read this. All of the great leaders in the Bible, from from prostitutes that became Jesus' grandmother, 
to shepherd boys who became kings. They always focused on the positive. They were always looking for the solutions, not the problems. They had a habit of keeping their eye on the goal. In most cases, they would reflect before they responded. They always looked for good, positive outside influences. Do you give yourself a positive outside influence? Is there somebody you call on? Let me ask you this. Do you have the habit of telling yourself about the good things and not just dwelling on the bad things? Oh, poor me. My my wife doesn't love me anymore. If my husband cared, he wouldn't be home all the time watching football. My boss would give me a raise. All that crap. Are you focused on the positive? Are you telling yourself the good? Of all the leaders that I've studied, Moses is the most interesting. He could have just dwelled on the negative all the time. But instead, he'd say, okay, God, if that's what you say, we'll give it a shot. These people down here, I don't know, they're a bunch of all negative, disillusioned crybabies, but let's give it a shot. And boy, he'd go, they'd, they'd do it. you got to be doing that. Lastly, do you remind yourself that nothing lasts forever? See, the circumstances that we're in hurt today. They suck. They're tri- tri- just tumultuous, I think that's the word I want. I'm learning these big three-dollar words. But they don't last forever. What happens, though, is we catch ourselves too many times being a pessimist instead of an optimist. See, optimism breeds life into us each day where pessimism will drain us. Optimism helps us to take needs. And, and when we take the risks based on what we see, pessimism says play it safe. We don't accomplish much. Optimism improves those around you. Pessimism drags you down. Optimism inspires people to great heights. Pessimism deflates people to a new low. The only time that optimism and pessimism are the same is in the fact that they both are self-fulfilling. You want to become a prophet? Be an optimist. You want to become a prophet? Be a pessimist. Either way, you'll win. Because you will become that self-fulfilling prophet. So here's what you have to do. you got to choose your attitude. Lou Holtz wrote this. Ability is what you're doing. Motivation determines what you do. Attitude determines just how well you do it. See, you got to choose the right attitude because when you do, new circumstances will take hold. New things will happen. Does it mean that, that you're still going to not go through what Job went through and life's going to suck? Absolutely not. But what you're going to be doing is focusing on the solution. I'm going to find the answer. I'm going to figure out how to do this. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this happen. I know I can. And when you look back, you'll say, Daggum, amazing, I made it through that. And not only that, 
here's the cool thing. Once you get through it all, somebody's going to come across your path going through the same thing you are. And you know what you're going to be able to do? I understand where you're coming from. I had a call on Sunday. I think I mentioned this yesterday from a young man. I said, man, I feel like I'm at the lowest, and I'm wondering if I just take myself out, if that would eliminate it all. I said, you know what? I had that same feeling one day looking in a fireplace at my mom and dad's house. And instead, I decided to get up off my butt and make a change in my life, no matter how hard it was. And I've never looked back. you got to decide what that attitude's going to be, and you've got to decide, am I going to be an optimist or a pessimist? That's the name of the game. Folks, tomorrow we start a brand new series. I can't tell you what it is, but I'm looking at three different books. I might do The Voyage of a Viking. Powerful book. You would love it. I might do Beautiful Ambition, or I might do something on my own for the next couple of weeks. We just never know. But be back here tomorrow morning for RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.